Welcome to the second segment of Fashioning an Empire by the Museum of Islamic Art. From clothing to carpets, we're unraveling threads of Safavid elegance. We begin with this beautiful silk fragment of brocaded velvet. It's a square piece that is framed and dates from the late 16th, early 17th century. Pieces of the same textile can be found in other museums, like the Bargilla Museum and the Gulbenkian Museum. It's made out of red silk with two overlapping designs. There's a thin lattice of flower motifs and birds, pheasants and peacocks, perched on thin yellow stems. And on top of that, a thicker lattice design of scalloped medallions, forming a repeating pattern similar to carpet designs. Originally, this piece would have been covered with glittering silver metal thread, which would have made the entire piece shimmer. How did this exquisite work of art come to be made? Here's Dr. Masume Farhad, the original curator of this exhibition, to tell us about silk production in Safavid, Iran. I'm Masume Farhad, and I am the Ebrahimi family curator for Persian, Arab, and Turkish art, and I am the senior associate director for research at the National Museum of Asian Art in Washington, D.C. What is interesting about textiles and what makes Safavid textiles so special is that they're not only really beautiful and sumptuous and have these rich colors and shimmering surfaces, but they are also among the most technically sophisticated and complex textiles ever produced anywhere. When you look at Safavid textiles in particular, you, you see that they consist of particular motifs. It could be abstract, it could be floral, it could be figures, that when you look at them across the length of the textile, they, they sort of seem to repeat the same figures. But then when you look at it vertically, they actually change orientation and direction. The way Safavid weavers did this is by carefully working out the design. The process started with designing the work on paper, then translating it into fabric. And then you have to make it into a repeat design, but you try to be as discreet about it as possible because that gives it the fluidity and the complexity you want for these very precious works. And that in itself also gives a sense of movement. What is so impressive about these textiles is their intricate designs coupled with their quantity. There are records showing just how many tons of silk was produced in Iran during the Safavid period. And considering it was a pre-industrial society, all these silks were made by hand. In the 17th century, the court had a series of royal workshops, and they produced everything from sherbet and ice cream and ice drinks to carpets and the most lavish objects. They did manuscripts, Qurans. There were like hundreds of workshops, each with a foreman and a group of artisans that worked for the court. Some of the silks that have survived were produced in these 
royal workshops. Silk and textiles have always been around. In Iran in particular, it was cultivated around the Caspian Sea because that was just the perfect environment to grow, you know, mulberry trees and cultivate silkworms. The export of silk to both Europe and then also to India and to the East, it sort of became the oil of the period. This export was so coveted that the Portuguese, as well as the British, through their East India Company, tried to get a monopoly on it. The Shah of Iran, Shah Abbas, refused, however. And so a competition began to trade the silk both East and West. And that way, it became the financial backbone of the Safavid Empire. At that time, in the late 1600s, Safavid Iran was producing silks as well as the Mughals in India and the Ottomans in modern-day Turkey. But the designs on these silks would be different, reflecting different tastes. If you look at the 17th century and you put Ottoman silks, Mughal silks, and Safavid silks, you, you, you can certainly see differences. One difference, at least between Ottoman and Safavid ones, is that, for instance, the, the Ottomans never had figural representations on their silks. They're all these very bold, abstract designs. I mean, with the Safavid, the designs are much more intricate. They really invite you to look closely. They sort of draw you in. They're much more complex. The colors are more subtle, and they really consist of different aesthetics. And the ones that really set the Safavid textile production apart was textiles with figures. And the figures sometimes are quite small, and sometimes they are huge. One of these silks with figures on it is found later on in the exhibition. It shows two huntresses, one with a lance and hound, and the other with a falcon. And while these textiles are delicately framed, beautifully lit, and carefully exhibited, we must remember that they were intended to be seen in motion. The breathing of colors, the dance of robes, the swoosh of sleeves. Textiles are supposed to move. And as they move, you see different things. And the other thing is, textiles make sound. When you move, especially if you wear silk, you know, there is a rustle. And especially if you wear layers and layers of silk, it makes a noise. I think in terms of what stands out about silk production in this period is the incredible sophistication of the technique, the sheer sumptuousness of these works, which is hard to fathom. We live in a society in, in where textiles and clothing are disposable. These textiles were really cherished the hours of work that went into their production, they're like nothing else. And you think of textiles, you think, oh, they're things you just wear. But these are incredible works of art. Silk and, and textiles in general have been a very important part of the artistic heritage of the region as textiles are not just used for clothing, but also, they use for furnishing, you build whole cities out of textiles. So it really plays a central 
role in the lives of the people of the whole region. One of these cities that thrived off of the Safavid silk trade is Isfahan. Join us in the next segment to hear how the splendor of that city came through silk. Thank you to Dr. Masame Farhad, the original curator of this exhibition at the National Museum of Asian Art in Washington, D.C. Fashioning an Empire is by the Museum of Islamic Art and produced by Kerning Cultures Network. The series is produced by me, Al Shibani, and edited by Hiba Fisher, with sound design by Mohammed Khrezat. To learn more about this exhibit, follow us on Instagram at MIA Qatar. That's M I A Q A T A R. <laughs>